Clear Channel's iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Better than before. An hour of beauty, health, fitness, and lifestyle advice from renowned columnist and author Jane Wilkins Michael and her guest, top experts in their fields. Join Jane's campaign to become better than before. Now, here she is, Jane Wilkins Michael. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm Jane. I'm coming to you live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for being with us. You know, everyone, this time of year, many of us are focused on buying gifts. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, especially if my husband and children are listening. Uh, But if you would like an idea that won't cost a thing, here's a suggestion. As often as possible, preferably daily for the next few weeks at least, write on a post-it what you are most grateful for and place it in what I call a gratitude jar. When you go through your notes each week, you'll be surprised how much you truly have to be grateful for. And that's a very positive way to start this upcoming year. Right now, I'd like to bring on someone who I am grateful for each and every day, my producer, Lori Houston. Hi, Lori. Hi, Jane. That is a beautiful idea for everybody. I I can't even think of something that would be more uh, perfect for this holiday season. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you. But... Lori, my love, we have a great Mm. show today. After the break, we will meet Sarah Heiner. She is a good friend. She's been on the show before. Sarah is the president and CEO of Bottom Line Publications. Among their many products is Bottom Line Personal, the largest consumer newsletter out there with well over a half a million subscribers. And Sarah is uniquely qualified to talk about how to get through the next few weeks with your sanity intact, and we'll meet her right after the break. But first, talking about gratitude. My next guest is someone who every woman and every man, for that matter, should have on their New Year wish list and beyond. He is Dr. Norman Rowe, who is recognized both nationally and internationally as a leader and an innovator in plastic and cosmetic surgery. In fact, he is the go-to doctor of the world's most beautiful people as he specializes in the newest face and body anti-aging treatments out there using both surgical and non invasive techniques. And if you ever meet me and you'd like my online forehead and full cheeks, you can have them too. Just go to Dr. Rowe yourself. He's also the world's nicest doctor. Welcome to the show, Dr. Rowe. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much for having me. Happy holidays. And I'd like to add that that is a wonderful little tip as far as uh, for putting kind of everything in perspective as far as, uh, you know, the holidays and, and actually, you know, just any time of the year, the, the what you're thankful for kind of thing. And, and I, I'm going to implement that. That's a wonderful, wonderful tip. I thank you for that. Well, thank you. And I must add, you have the most gorgeous wife and two very beautiful children. Um, so, you. you know, we're speaking of gratitude. I'm sure you have much to be grateful for as well. You're absolutely right. I certainly do. I'm certainly very, very lucky and blessed. All right, doctor. Now let's talk beauty. Everyone wants to look better than before, especially for the new year, but they don't really know where to begin. And there's so much information out there. And I think it's a lot of it is confusing. And, you know, many of us, myself included, as you know, are a little nervous about doing anything too drastic or, you know, particularly painful. And until fairly recently, I would think the only antidote for aging skin involves scalpels and anesthesia and very long and painful recoveries. So let's talk a little bit about the latest procedures in plastic surgery. How have they improved over the years? Well, that's actually a very good question, and it's something that I think all of the, all of your listeners are, need to know and obviously want to know. The trend, the overall trend in plastic surgery for the last 
five, six, seven years, and I see no reason why it's going to stop, is that people want results. They want the results they're going to get with surgery, but they don't want surgery. They want non, you know, the surgery now is kind of being, or plastic, you know, cosmetic uh, surgery is kind of been divided up into two broad categories, surgical techniques and non-surgical techniques. The, uh, like you said, 10, 20 years ago, pretty much anything or all that we had to offer patients involved scalpels, cutting, and, and recoveries and surgery. And, that, and I'm not saying that's bad, and there's, there is a role for that, and surgery in one form or another will never be replaced. But in the last 10 years or so, the, the amount and the quality, the outcome of non-surgical techniques, starting years ago with Botox, with a, a little shot or, or volumizers, fillers, uh, you know, it started with that, going to lasers that have gotten better and better, to even to the, the one of the more uh, the hottest thing right now, to be honest, is patients who want fat reduction without surgery, as if you know liposuction was not as was not you know uh, at least invasive as it was. They want even less invasive than that. They just want to. They don't even want the downtime of liposuction, which you know can be a bit uncomfortable, but it still is a surgical procedure. It still requires some downtime. Requires you know cutting a little cut at that, but it still requires cutting. Now patients want the effect of liposuction with uh, with uh, without surgery. You know, and, and now you get the non-surgical fat reduction. So I guess the overall trend in the last 10 years, and the re- and no reason for it to stop, is just they want. Patients want results. They want no downtime, and they they want it now. They want quicker results than you traditionally get at outcomes. I should say tr- quicker outcomes than they have gotten in the past with uh, surgical techniques, and that's yeah. kind of what patients want. And you're welcome anytime, doctor, to take any amount of fat you want out of my thigh and put it in my face. Just I'm just saying. <laughs> no, 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 it's a wonderful, <laughs> lovely lady, and, and uh, your 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 listener should. Take heed of what you say because you uh, you know your your show is wonderful. I love I listen to your show. I love it, and I think you have some wonderful wonderful advice, and you have wonderful uh, guests on. And I just think that it's a, you provide a great service to all your listeners. Well, so as you as do you, doctor. I must say, you know, you gave me some fillers in my face. I have to say, and first of all, you don't hurt with your injections, which is you know. And, and you didn't make any black and blues, which I've had sometimes. You know, I, I, I have had them before, and and I had to say, oh, I got hit by a weight in the gym. You know, you have to you have to think of something. But with you, I just came out and nothing, nothing at all. So, and I love the fact that you don't like to do too much, and um, I think that's important because I think we've all seen women who you know are watching the the Notebook, let's say a rerun, and they're unable to cry because they can't move their faces. <laughs> so, I. I, I, I mean, I, I, in my practice, I, I tend to find, I always tell patients, I, I, it, it's kind of like, you know, you, you want to walk before you run. I tell patients, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Put in a little bit. Let's do a little bit. Let's do, you know, touch, you know take, take baby steps before you, you know, you run. I'm not going anywhere. If you want more, you can always come back rather than putting in too much because invariably, it's always easier to add a little bit more at a second or even sometimes a third visit than it is to try and take something out, which is very, very, very difficult. So that's kind of my mantra. That's kind of what I find works out best for my patients, and most patients love that. I mean, I, I don't like patients who are, in my opinion, too overinflated, too tight, too this. You know, like I said, it's 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 very difficult to revise, whether it be surgery or even non-surgical procedures. It's very difficult to revise. Them. It's very easy to tweak them and add a little something that is to revise. And I think that's kind of most of our patients or my patients, you know, they, they really 
they really appreciate that and and that's kind of where you know I am with my uh with my practice and patients and um I, I appreciate your 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 giving a big yeah, word and I think if you, that, that if you do too much you just look like old with with a facelift you know instead of just looking better i think the aim is is to look better than before and have someone say you know not gee what did you do but oh you you just look refreshed and you look better. Did you get some sleep? I, I remember telling someone who actually, I mean, she's a, quite a famous woman. I'm not going to mention her name, but she had a massive, massive, massive plastic surgery done. And you could tell immediately what she had done, but just by looking at her, she could hardly move her face. And I said, well, you, you look wonderful. You know, what did you do? You know, like tell me. And she goes, Oh, I had bangs cut. <laughs> so, you know, you know, like fooling yes, everyone. Oh, that must be right. the reason. <laughs> You're, oh yeah, that explains everything. No, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I find that the, most of my patients who come back uh, and talk to me after they've had something done, they say the compliments or message they get and they want to try and attain it is a message or a, a note from their friend that they hadn't seen in a while. Oh, you look great. Did you just get back from vacation? And that's really what I want to try and attain, someone who looks refreshed as opposed to someone who looks different because being more youthful and looking refreshed is a bit different than saying than changing someone's appearance and obviously as a as a surgeon you know you, you can you know it's it, that can be done which obviously i don't want to do but you know I, I think that's the best compliment that i can always get from patients when they say i look refreshed i look like i came back from vacation as opposed to looking different in a bad way right you right know? no that's yeah. true now um I think too and, and we're going to talk about lasers now because i i think too there there's a time that Maybe you're not quite ready for a facelift. You know, I've reached the stage in my life that I now say that my 37-year-old son is my husband's son by his first marriage, even though he's not. He's lying. But, you know, people do the math and I go, well, really? You have a 37-year-old and you're how old? You know, I said, oh, well, obviously it's my – and then the word got around and someone said, well, what was your husband's first wife like? And I'm going, what first wife? You know, I actually went to him and said, were you married before? So sometimes it backfires. However, mm-hmm. what you told me was um, I could benefit from something called Althera. So can you talk a little bit about that? Well, what, the, 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 what, what Althera is, is a method to tighten up black skin around the face without a facelift. And the, the thing that I, I, I try and impress on my patients is I have no vested interest in either non-surgical Ulthera or surgical. I mean, I'm a surgeon. I do both. I'm trained mm-hmm. in, you know, I'm both. You know, I, I can offer a patient. I think that's what a lot of patients, you know, want. They, they, I can offer a patient both surgery and non-surgery as opposed to some other type of doctors that are, or cosmetic, you know, doctors who say that, you know, this is the best way. You, you kind of have to offer, have a lot of tools in your toolbox, whether that be Ulthera, Botox, lasers, and even surgery, because obviously there's a, like I said, there's a role for surgery. So I think your listeners would be well, you know, uh, advised to just make sure that you know your your doctor that you go to is not coming from a certain background that precludes him from offering you everything, as opposed to just offering you one thing. Obviously, if someone just has one hammer, everyone becomes the same nail. So you want to make sure your your doctor can offer you non-surgery when that's the best option for you, and then surgery when that's the best option. Now, getting back to your point in general, uh, again, specifically that is with regards to Ulthera. With Ulthera, what that does is it, it uses ultrasound energy to penetrate through the skin and tighten up the skin and the muscles that we tighten up when we do a facelift without a scar, without actually making a cut and therefore no downtime. It, you, can, you can target the, the neck, 
you can target the, and tighten up those those bands that someone may have in their neck of the turkey gobbler. You can tighten up the the, the, the neckline to give someone that beautiful Audrey Hepburn type of uh, sweep to her neck. Check, you can check. Also, <laughs> yeah, check, check. You can also tighten up the cheek area, the forehead area, and it and it provides and it provides those tightening of the skin and more importantly the deeper muscles, which again we do when we do a facelift um, with no downtime. It takes about an hour and a half to do the neck and the face. Um, it, it, it's a bit spicy. It, it tingles a little bit, and it takes about three months, two to three months, to get the full effect, much the same way as a facelift, which, again, swelling can be two to three months. But, again, no downtime, and you people walk in, and an hour and a half later, they walk out. No one's the wiser. And in two to three months, they've got their tightening effect. And it's great for someone who either does not want surgery or someone who is not quite ready for surgery, who, you know, is, says, you know, and they've got great quality of their skin, they're not as loose as, uh, you know, they're not, they're not, you know, screaming that they need to face it, you know, and what have you, and their neck has got good quality of the skin, and it tightens up, so it's good for someone who, like I said, not quite ready for a facelift, or just really doesn't need a facelift, but needs something, and that's where it really comes in, you know, it has its best suit. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the facelift. Now, a lot of people, you know, and I'm sure you've read these online facelifts, you know, you have it done in the office and you come, it's like really, honestly, you're going to have your facelift done in the office. So, um, and they get misled. Um, Tell me about face. I know there there are different ones. There's maybe a mini, there's a full. So start with, I guess, is there a mini? I mean, is there one that isn't quite as um, drastic or is it all regardless? Regardless of what you have done, I mean, if we go on to the, into the surgical realm, Regardless of what you have done, it is surgery. I mean, when mm-hmm. someone puts a scalpel to your your forehead or to your neck or to your your you know the area around where a facelift is, it is surgery. So don't let anyone downplay the fact that it is surgery. Even the quote unquote lunchtime lift and uh, all the procedures that were touted years ago that honestly I think are not they don't give a great result and the, the result you know probably lasts till the time you get out of the doctor's office to be perfectly honest. Um, with regards to like some of the, the, the years ago, the hottest thing and the big thing that everyone was talking about was the thread lifts where you make a little cut in the brow and you literally put a string from one side of the brow down around the neck, threading it, you know, underneath the skin to the other side of the brow and you kind of just pull, you know, and, and kind of pull that way. But those honestly lasted on three, four, five, six months if they got anything out of it. And patients thought, well, that's that's great. You know, it's a lunchtime lift. I'll get in and out, and you know, they mislead in kind of an hour or so. Patients were swollen. You know, they 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 did have a little bit more of a downtime than the, your traditional 60-minute lunchtime. Mm-hmm. They were they had you know they had a little bit of a, a more of a downtime. But I think probably more importantly, the, li- the effect just doesn't last as long. So so that that's kind of like the minimalist lift, and the, that they used to call them the thread lifts. And then you kind of get into the mini lift which is an incision or a cut in front of the ear in which you just take a little bit of extra skin and, and tighten it. That doesn't have much of an effect at all. That's usually what you use when someone has had a previous facelift and they just need a little tweak, uh, you know, five or seven years down the road because a traditional facelift in general lasts you seven to 10 to 12 years. And when the traditional facelift starts looking a little uh, aged, you sometimes can tweak it with a, with a mini facelift. And then we get into what we call a traditional facelift, which is an incision in front of the ear and one behind the ear, kind of a U-shaped incision. And with that incision, you can tighten up or rejuvenate, I should say, because it's not all about tightening up. Because as we said, sometimes tightening can be a bad thing, but more about rejuvenating. 
you want to rejuvenate the skin, the, the, the cheek with the, that, and also, more importantly, it rejuvenates the neckline and it gives you that nice, beautiful Audrey Hepburn type of uh, long, sweeping neckline. And then kind of the last little thing is some, and some people don't, more mainly in men, men come to me and say, you know, I'm not so much concerned with my jowls and my face, you know, which, um, which is what you use that incision in front of the ear for, but I'm more concerned with this turkey gobbler. And if I could just get rid of that, I'm fine. My, my face I'm all right with. And when someone has that and you just want a neck lift, then we make an incision just behind the ear, and with that incision just behind the ear, you have access and you can tighten up the neck. So those are your kind of four well, I should say just three basic things, which is just a full facelift, which is that U-shaped incision, and then an incision just in front of the ear, which is a mini, and then the incision just behind the ear, which is just an isolated neck lift. I can tell you the vast majority of people who need a surgical procedure, probably 80%, opt for a full traditional facelift incision because rarely can you just do, other than a male, can you just do someone's face without addressing their neck and vice versa. The reason for that is if you you rejuvenate someone's face, then it, they kind of say, well, wow, my face looks great, but what did you do to my neck? My neck looks a little older, and that's just yeah. it. Uh, you know, your neck draws out, or if you do vice versa, it's kind of like I tell patients is when you redecorate your house and you change the carpet but don't change the curtains, you kind of, and the curtains kind of look old. You kind of got to do it all or do nothing. The ones that we do just the isolated on, as I said, just isolated neck lift, maybe the male patient who says, I don't want uh, my face lift on or I just want my neck done, or that patient where we just do the isolated mini on who's had their face lift and maybe 10 years down the road they want to tweak it a little bit. But in general, the vast majority needs a face lift. As far as the other procedures, which probably promise, you know, short downtime and great results, you know, they're kind of, I think, uh, a bunch of nonsense, to be perfectly honest. At the end uh-huh. of the day, there is a certain role for surgery. There is a certain role for non-surgical methods. And again, I, I, I'm qualified, you know, honestly, as a plastic surgeon to offer both. And I, I can, you know, see the both for what they are and offer the patients what they actually need. So, you know, the, patient, the people who offer this with no downtime, Sometimes the results are are short-lasting and are gone by the time you leave the the uh, doctor's office. To be honest, yeah. Well, I want to go on record saying I want it all. I want to redecorate the whole house. So, <laughs> just, so <laughs> just, just so just so you know. But you know, yeah, doctor, so- you mentioned you mentioned men. Um, there is new research that I saw. The American Society of Plastic Surgeons. There have been a thirty-four percent increase in men getting eye lifts between two ten and two fifteen, um, mm-hmm. and in uh, two sixteen they said it. It will become the the top plastic surgery for for men. This is just what they had said. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. Now, there's a difference between the upper and the lower, right? The upper is that Absolutely. like an office procedure? The upper eyelids, obviously, your upper eyelids and your lower or lower. And but in men in general, I've noticed an up, uptick in the amount of men having procedures done across the country. As you said, the, the statistics show an increase. Men are, usually make up about seven, eight percent of the general, or, you know, make up of kind of a plastic surgical population. In my practice, I'm probably about twelve to fifteen percent, and that that is going up. Why are men becoming more? In you know more uh, you know involved in uh, plastic surgery, I think a couple of things. Men kind of are feeling great, and they want to kind of their out. Kinda, I guess no different than any patient, female or male, and they want their outsides to kind of reflect with how they feel on the inside. But honestly, in the last few years, with you know in 08 and 09, when the economy had a little bit of a downtick, men were you know a lot of patients were in the workplace a little bit longer than they anticipated, as opposed to when they thought they were you know they were going to retire. Now they're competing against younger and younger, and they had stayed in the workplace longer, and not only be relevant, but they wanted to look relevant. So 
I noticed like in 2010, 11, I had a great uptick in men coming in who, you know, might not have had a uh, procedure done, but they wanted to kind of, you know, just stay younger, look or look younger, so they could stay in the workplace longer. I noticed that after the economy took a downturn, and I think it just continues to, to you know, go up and up in in, in numbers. Traditionally, the most common procedure that men had performed on them were uh, rhinoplasties and liposuction. But as you said, one of the more common and, and more ever increasing procedures done are those eyelid lifts, because your eyelids can. In addition to rhinos, you know, no, uh, nose surgery, your eyelids and your nose are kind of the, I guess even more so the eyelids are the things that kind of could give away your age. I have so many people come in and say, look, I take care of myself, my face looks, my face is okay, my skin is good, but my eyelids, people say I'm always tired. If I could just take care of my eyelids, I'm okay. And those are the, you know, those are the obviously great candidates for that. Yeah, I'm just seeing more and more of that. As I said, the national average for men is about 7% of the patient population, and in mine is probably double that and I just see more and more of men wanting to remain in the workplace longer remain re- remain relevant and honestly they just want their outsides to kind of reflect as vibrant as they are on the inside well, yeah women women too I know but even and women too breasts, right it's not it's not it's not uh, it's not male exclusive you're exactly yeah, right breasts I mean you know I'm now a 36 long <laughs> 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 I, everything that's a nice way to say everything drops when you get old it's like you know i'm like an hourglass but all the sand has sunk to the bottom you know that kind of thing yeah. so it's just everyone succumbs to uh everyone succumbs to mother nature and gravity but oh, there are some things that we can do it. to it try and uh, offset gravity bear us that's why it's wonderful to know you now doctor you know you've seen you know obviously you 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 when when the general public watches these 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 shows the celebrities look better as as they age and movies on television and when you see pictures of them about uh, 10 years ago they certainly look a lot better now and and that's not nature doing that um you know i won't i won't mention names here but you know like the kardashians so uh, do you find that a lot of your patients come in and say i want what kim has or i want what you know whoever the celebrity of the moment is um does that and and yeah. some of them you won't do I would think because that's just not yeah for them. we we get that quite uh, quite a bit I guess it was last year when um, when Kim, you mentioned the Kardashians when Kim was on the internet with break the internet with the um, buttock augmentation last year across oh. the country and you know, certainly in my practice the number of uh, patients coming in for Brazilian butt lifts which is you know uh, I guess what she was touting. But um, came in, the number of patients that came in for that dramatically increased. So do you see that? And then last summer what was the summer of the what was it the um, was it Kylie Kylie who did the uh, lip augmentation mm-hmm. with the uh, thing she was sucking on a shot glass until uh, girls were showing themselves on. Um, the internet with sucking on a shot glass and rupturing blood vessels until she finally came out that you know I had actually uh, my lips injected. So there is a certain amount of uh, cosmetic surgery that is driven by the um, social media, internet, and reality shows. And if the reality again, the reality shows and the people who are stars of those shows are not really held up to a certain ethical standard to say, oh. You should. While I do this, don't try this at home, type of thing. I guess so. After after a certain point, like you said, it is up to the doctor mm-hmm. to say, no, I don't think this is good for mm-hmm. you. And you know, and, and I do tell, and I have not, not only in regards to you know procedures. I don't think patient they're good for patient, but in, just in, in general, anything. I, I mean, I'll tell them, you know, this is not something that 
you you know it's not as simple as you may think or it's not going to look as good as you may think or you know there are certain sequela uh, i.e. Uh, shortcomings and, and, and consequences that you're going to have to live with if you go ahead with this that are going to you know be with you the rest of your life that you may not think about and so you, you want to try and do that and one of the more things that I also mentioned to patient is that if you keep looking for someone to do this, you will find someone that yeah, will do this sure. procedure for you. And so be careful what you wish for. So yeah, you are right. I mean, do is uh, cosmetic surgery to a certain extent driven by reality shows and TVs and social media? Yeah, absolutely. And what do we do about it? You know, I guess, not meaning to pat myself on the back, but most doctors are out there and kind of be gatekeepers of what is good and bad for the patient. And we have to kind of... And, Obviously, we want to give a patient what they want to a certain limit, you know, until the point where we think this is just not what you want the patient to, you know, think not what the patient may want. Be careful what you wish for. So, yeah, have I had patients I say no to? Of course, I say no to patients every day. If I don't think that I can deliver what they want or if I think that that by delivering what they want may be a disservice to them, absolutely no is uh, is a way to go. Absolutely. Yeah, and you're a very honest doctor. That's what I really liked about you. You're honest, and you know you 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 say things that are that are real. You just you're not in it just to to get more. You don't need more work, obviously, because everyone comes to you anyway. But just you know, you you're doing it to to have them get realistic results, results that are good for them. And I certainly don't. I don't need a butt implant, just so you know. <laughs> was, we'll save that from the list that I've just checked off. I have my own. <laughs> so. Well, you know, doctor, there's one thing, you know, I, I, the last few minutes we have left, and I, I'm sure you will agree that um, having good skin is still in all a a very important part of, of looking better than before. And you only to look at your beautiful wife to see what gorgeous skin she has. And, you. you know, you can have a lot of work done, but in the end of the day, your 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 skin has to, has to really be good. And... Um, it's also important, I feel, to be happy because a happy person has a glow to her skin that's really undeniable. And my mother used to say, a nasty attitude wrinkles the soul and probably your forehead too, I would think, and yeah. around your eyes. <laughs> so You're, you're um, absolutely right about that. You're, uh, I, I tell patients, and that's, I think that's sort of to a certain degree what's driven the general trend in plastic surgery from, not, from surgery to non-surgery. 20, 30, 40 years ago, you know, my mom's generation of, of women, they would go to the beach, they would roast, they would get these uh, reflectors and roast some more. They put iodine on to roast some more. And that was just a way, you know, thing, that's just what you did when you went to the beach. Now you have a whole generation of women coming up who go to the beach, they're covering up, they, you know, they realize how bad the sun is. And I tell this to everyone, you know, there, there are two things that I, they say, what type of creams or what, what are the best things out there? And, so, and obviously, and your listeners, if they don't already know this, some, you, don't want to, you don't have to equate how much you spend for something for how, how good something uh, actually is. The best creams, the best things you can do, there's two things that I suggest for, my, for your listeners. One, sunblock. If it wasn't for the sun, myself and every other plastic surgeon in the country would be out of business because that's what is one of the main, the leading things that causes aging of the skin is sun damage. And you are seeing a, a people waking up to, you know, now who are realizing that when, you, know, you have to wear hats, you have to wear sunglasses, even now makeups that have the sunblocks in them, and that's a great thing. You always want to have sunblock on, even in the dead of winter, walking around, even on a cloud-covered day, you can be exposed. So you always want sunblock. And the second thing that is relatively simple 
is using some sort of retinoid, which is a retin-A you know, derivative. And retin-A for long-term use, you know, not a high dose, but you can get it even over the counters and even in your makeup, retin-A just helps rejuvenate for long-term rejuvenate your skin. Um, it keeps the skin thick, and that's what happens over as we age. It's thin, our, skin, our, our skin becomes a little bit thin, and then wrinkles start showing up, and then it starts dropping. If we can keep our skin thicker as we are when we're youthful, that's going to make us look more youthful for a longer time, and that's what retinoids do. So those two little simple things will go a long way. And that's kind of the general trend of what we've seen in plastic surgery where you know patients are realizing, well, 20, 30 years ago, people used to roast in the sun, and then when you're, you know, 40, 50 years old, you went into your face up. But now people are realizing that maybe I, I, I'm not going to roast in the sun. I'm going to tweak it. I'm going to do a little Botox here, do a little laser here, a little, you know, uh, touch-ups. I'm going to do a little uh, things to keep me uh, you know, looking well and take care of my skin, and that is pushing off the need for something more, uh, you know, invasive until years and years down the road. And it just kind of, it's just a continuation of the general trend where people are realizing you take care of something it'll take care of you type of mentality and your right. skin like you said is no different and then i might add to that uh the whole thing with where you know obviously your diet plays a role and you want to drink obviously i can't you can't un- underestimate the amount of the importance of drinking the proper water vitamins and even something as as, as we hear this all the time you know eat eat right diet and exercise it is important it's it important. Is important yes thank you thank you doctor so much for being with us tell our listeners where they can find you Thank I have you, you on speed much. dial, so you don't have to uh, tell me. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm I'm in New York City. I'm at uh, you can visit me at my website at uh, Norman N O R M A N R O R O W E M D dot com. Uh, I practice out of New York City, and once again, um, thank you very much for having me on your show, and a happy holidays and happy new year to all of you. Oh, happy new year, Dr. Rowe. Thank you so, so much, and I wish you a wonderful year full of blessings and happiness and and good health and and beauty, of course. So thank you again for being with us. Everyone, please stay with us. When we come back, we'll be with Sarah Heiner, President and CEO of Bottom Line Publications on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. Don't go away. We'll be right back. As listeners of our iHeartRadio talk show know, Jane Wilkins Michael is one of the foremost experts on all things health, beauty, and fitness. Jane has just released her highly anticipated new book, Long Live You, a step-by-step plan to look and feel better than before. In it, she shares a collection of advice, tips, and personal antidotes, along with lifestyle suggestions from some of the world's top beauty, health, and fitness experts many of whom have been interviewed on this show. Are you hoping to make positive health decisions, improve your emotional well-being, establish a support system, give something back to your community and the world? Jane's new book will help you look years younger and also live a longer, healthier, happier, and more beautiful life. You can order Long Live You, your step-by-step plan to look and feel better than before at your local bookstore or at Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com, where it's available for delivery or as an ebook. Or go to Jane's website, janewilkinsmichael.com. Now, back to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Want to know where you can hear Jane Wilkins Michael's show better than before? Well, that's easy. You can tune in to Jane via Clear Channel's iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and at bmajor.org. Now, back to Jane Wilkins Michael and better than before. 
Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm here with my Lori, as always. And now it is my great pleasure to bring back for an encore performance my good friend and, dare I say, my separated at birth sister, Sarah Heiner. As I mentioned before the break, Sarah is the president and CEO of among uh, a bottom line personal. No, I'm getting this. Mess. Sarah, come on in here. I'm just a dear family. Tell me what I'm you doing wrong. You forgot to say here. back by popular demand. Back by popular demand. Okay, that's what we're going <laughs> to so add. Well, I am the president and CEO of Bo- of Bottom Line Incorporated, bottom and we publish Bottom Line Personal and Bottom Line Health, and we've got the Bottom Line Store, which provides healthy products that support the kinds of information that our experts give advice on all the time so that people have happier and healthier and wealthier lives. How's that? That's perfect. See, you did it better than I. I have it all in front of me, but you just said it so well. It's almost (laughs) like I've done it for years. (laughs) Gee. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit, but first, thank you so much for being with us. You know, Sarah, the holidays, we're talking holidays now. They, they, you know, they should be an opportunity for great joy, as you know, but um, we're all kind of overwhelmed and, you know, add to that activities and traveling and shopping and having to spend time with people that we'd uh, rather not see. Um, It's no wonder that according to the recent um, uh, American psychological, um, psychological association, I'm, I'm, I'm losing all my, my words here. Um, yeah, which it just uh, which I just happened to read, you know, big surprise. One in every four adults reports feeling extreme stress um, this time of year, and most of them are women. And since Lori doesn't ever get stressed, even working with me, um, that makes one in one in three. I'm not really sure about the calculations. <laughs> I don't know if they're entirely accurate, though. A bunch of people get really stressed during the holidays. That's How about it. that you one? Said, see, look, you just. Take over for me. I'll just mute my mic. <laughs> I'm a very good editor. <laughs> just, you are in, indeed. Um, but why is this, uh, you know, it's just everything is so magnified, the good, the bad, the ugly. And, and I think much of this is the effect of being fueled by mass media about what the holidays are, are all about. And, and I think it's become sort of a very materialistic holiday, you know, car commercials, jewelry wow. commercials, magazines. Without, yeah, you know? I mean, without a doubt. I mean, what do they do? They start, they start Halloween on, you know, the day after Labor Day, they start Thanksgiving the day after Halloween, they start Christmas, you know, Christmas carols, I think Sirius Radio, no joke, had Christmas carols starting in November. So there's no question that the media has us all going crazy on it, just like Valentine's Day and Halloween have become these enormous, insane holidays. Um, where where does it holidays. leave those who just want to give like a poncetta plant? <laughs> well, here's the thing that I was going to say. We make ourselves crazy, and I do it myself. I was up till midnight last night doing the annual Heiner family photo calendar. My husband says, why do you make yourself crazy? And I go, because those are the memories and the moments, and I love sharing them and having my family love them and looking back at them. We make ourselves crazy. We I have to do. being gift. asked, Sarah, to be in that calendar, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you I can take you in. Much. I photoshopped you in, my, my sister. <laughs> you just photoshopped me in there. I mean, I'm a little insulted. Yes, you've been though. skiing. Did you know you've been skiing? Um, I don't ski, but you can f- do me in the ski. You are shot. now, right. Um, I like so the So my only shot. point is we make ourselves crazy. We put all that stuff on the list. We have to decorate the house. You have to get the tree and you have to put the lights up and you have to be sure that you're prettier than the neighbor. And I think that we need to look at ourselves in terms of what are we doing and why are we doing it? You know, let's start there. Now, I still did the calendar because to me, 
those are priceless gems. Like if I never put a photo in an album in my life, I have 21 years of the best photos of the year. So I choose to make myself crazy. But then I, then I chose that, but I didn't decorate my house this year. I have like minimal stuff. So well, you're very um, organized. You probably already did your Christmas cards like in June, I have a feeling, because you're just that kind of person. Yeah, no, 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 no. My Christmas cards will get written every year. We fly out to my family who live across, who my in-laws who live across the country. And my routine is that I do my Christmas cards on the plane. It's a four-hour flight. And we have, like, my kids are next to me, and they do the stamps, and they help me with it. And that's literally the routine for the last 10 years is they happen on the flight. And they get there sometime between Christmas and New Year's, hopefully. Oh, well, that's a good point. You should use the time. You use the time wisely. <laughs> that is very, very true. And I, I also do. think, you know, for um, for gift giving, whether it was a Hanukkah, Christmas, or birthdays, it you know, it's, it, it should also be about giving gifts from the heart. I know we had the editor-in-chief of Every Day with Rachel Ray on a while back, and she said that, you know, a gift of babysitting could mean a lot, or volunteering to do errands for an elderly person. It doesn't cost anything. Um, of course, if you want to spend a lot of money for, you know, whatever occasion, and I've said this before, I don't want to fly commercial anymore. So if you're listening Gulfstream and Bob, I would like your G650 private jet. I just want to put that out there. There you go. Just, just a short flight will do. But the other thing that I also read, I don't know about you, but I always have this, like, it's fun to open presents. And a lot of people give, like, a big gift and a little gift. And I just read something about a study where, if you give a big gift and a little gift, it actually devalues the big gift because people price average and mm-hmm. then, you know, it minimizes the impact of each one versus just give that one special gift. Don't drive yourself crazy on giving two things, which I often do for my nieces and nephews. I have a lot of them. We all get together. And I, this year, I'm not doing that. I'm giving one gift, focus on that one special gift. That just cut nine gifts out of my life. Huge. That's a great idea. Can I ask what my gift is? <laughs> no, it will ruin the surprise. Stop. You have little, to have some, little... some thrills in life. There, there. Well, yes, indeed. But now, you know, let's talk about some simple steps for making our lives and not, not just the holidays, you know, just this whole new year um, uh, and beyond uh, stress-free. I, I was with um, at an event with Martha Stewart not too long ago, and, and we made a Christmas wreath, and it, she makes everything in her house, you know, which is not surprising. Right. She even grows her own Christmas trees, and yeah. I'm sure she has a camel somewhere. She but, her own um, ribbon, yes. And she gave me an electric drill uh, for Christmas, a little pre-Christmas gift. And I said, you know, unless it whips egg yolks, I don't know what to do with it. Um, but that being said, I am I am not very crafty. And so what can, and I know you had an article about this, um, what can non-crafty people do to relieve stress? Well, it's interesting. So we just mixed a couple metaphors because I thought we were going to go to, what are some crafty gifts that you can do? You, uh, let's do the crafty gifts. Now, this is your show, so talk about whatever no, you want. No, no, no. Let's actually talk about, let's talk about crafts and stress, actually, because I think that that's you. good. Whatever you want, talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't have an agenda, did you hear? Let me tell you what we're talking about today. No, we had a... <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're just going to mix it all up. So whatever um, you want to talk about, talk about. So let's talk about that stress, right? Because we were talking about the holiday stress. So what are yes. things that people can do for the stress? So there's actually a couple of really interesting things. And, you know, this isn't rocket science. It's not a surprise. When I tell you this, they're going to go, oh, God, obviously, right? Duh. But there's a really big trend now, and there have been studies about 
the fact that if you do crafts or if you color, there's a big thing about adult coloring books now as stress relievers, that there, that if you go into the space and it uses a different part of your brain, and in fact, I've done this naturally for years. My younger daughter and I, not my older, my younger daughter and I have always colored together, and I promise you I'm no artist. Literally, I make scribbles and we fill in the colors. But it's very just kind of, you stop worrying about stuff. There was a study years ago about doodling and that people who doodle in meetings actually can absorb information better, surprisingly, because it kind of, you know, you have that busy brain going while you're sitting in a meeting and absorbing information. So when you start doodling, it puts the busyness on hold and it just lets you, let, lets you be present to the meeting. So in terms of the arts and the stress, that it, it just has you kind of focusing in a different place, in a different piece of the brain. So these coloring books are great, or just take out your crayons and a blank piece of paper, and you get to, to de-stress your brain. Or you can do any kind of craft projects, be it photographs or Christmas cards or, I don't know, weaving or potholders. I don't know if you ever made potholders. You know, I just well, like I practical crafts. Yeah. Right? I don't like tchotchkes. I don't like things that I have to dust. But I like, I like useful things like making, you know, stamping stationery, right? So if I have to do a thank you card, I might, you know, buy an S stamp and stamp, you know, blank cards. And now I've made my own stationery and I've put my brain a little bit on hold. Um, so that's kind of an interesting trend that's going on. Um, and a simple thing. Um, there are actually some little acupressure things that you can, you can I'll call it self-massage your way out of stress. Um, you, ever, you, want, you, want, you want to talk about self-massage? Self, sure. Self, okay. What, so talk there, about whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> we've, had a, we've had endless shows today. This is... <laughs> All right. This, this is actually, you go on got, vacation. I'll just, I'll just handle the show. I, I just so, got a note um, from Lori. Don't, don't let Jane do two hours straight of interviews because at this one I'm just like, oh, God, thank God it's you, Sarah, because, you know, go, go ahead. Yes. A little that's shot? Right. That's fine. Okay. So let's, let's de-stress you. So here's yes. what we're going to do. So now your brain is a little bit stressed. So yes. there's something that you can do where you take, you know, look at your hand and you have between your thumb and your index finger that kind of soft web between there. And if you go all the way up to the top of it, you can feel where the bones come together. There's kind of right below the joint there. There's a V. You find that on your hand? Yep. So if you put your thumb on the outside and then you press your, your index finger on the inside of that and just basically squeeze in there. Mm-hmm. That's an acupressure point. It's large intestine. I forget what number large intestine it is. Um, but that actually can help with headache. It can help with stress. It can actually help calm the digestion. You know, when you get stressed, frankly, all those systems go together. And if you just press on that, you know, alternate your hands, press on that for, you know, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, and then you go on the other side and you just sit there and you hold your hand and you press on those, that will help calm you down calm your headache, calm whatever. So that's one self-help thing you can do. Um, another little kind of um, self-help thing you can do. So remember when you were little, I don't know if you ever did this, and you liked like you'd have your mom tickle the inside of your arm, mm-hmm. like how good that feels. Tickle your arm, it feels really good, right? Yeah. So if you just stroke your forearm from your elbow toward your wrist, very soothing. This was actually told to me today by um, uh, Dr. Voreno Medicine, an, an acupuncture 
pressure uh, acupuncture master. And he said, here, feel this. And you just stroke stroke the inside of your wrist gently from your forearm down to your wrist. Feels On the really inside? Good. On the inside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like all tickly, right? But it has to go from your elbow down to your wrist because that's the way the energy flows. If you go the other way, oddly, try going the other way. It feels rough and almost. So your elbow feel... down to your wrist. So the other no, way. Wrist to, if you do your wrist to your elbow. Oh, wrist to your elbow, it feels, yeah. It, it feels rough. It doesn't feel good. Yeah, so you go the other way. Elbow to your wrist. It feels really good. So if you like just that. sit there. Even like, better when stages. someone else does it for you. It feels <laughs> even better. Right? Because, honey, could you tickle my wrist, please? I'm going to try it with my husband. My... Yeah, but that's how kids go. I, I do that for my granddaughters. I do that for my kids. They love it. Yeah. They call it, you know, like eggs. And I, I pretend what kind of bird, and they crack the egg, and the yolk goes down. Right. And so that was, yeah, yeah. It, it lands really there. Soothing. Yeah, it seems silly, but it really is. It really is soothing. Now, I have in my note pretzels. Do I have this right, or is this another show? <laughs> you know, I said to you, when we were talking about this, if I grabbed a bunch of articles that we've done, I read that article. I don't want to talk about it. I don't like it. Okay. Um, it was about salt, and it was about oh. the fact um, salt and your blood pressure. But I don't want to recommend people to consume salt because they might misinterpret me and think that that means go drown yourself in, you know, a bag of pretzels or whatever. Um, but in fact, when you get stressed, your salt, your salt levels go down. Um, so that, uh, there was just something about, um, consuming salt and lowering your blood pressure, but I don't want to, I don't really don't want to go deeply into that one. So forget that one. Okay. We'll cross that one out. <laughs> but it's interesting. The interesting observation I had, because in the midst of the stress that I've had of late, I've noticed how much I'm craving, craving salt. So. It's all connected. It, like it, so, watch watch your salt cravings. If you you know go with them. If you're craving salt, have a little bit. Your body's telling you something. You know, it's addictive. That's why potato chips. That's why I'm sure food manufacturers put either sugar or salt because it is addictive. That's why you can't eat one potato chip. No. It's I no, think no. it's it's the salt. Now, do you meditate? That's another part of my note. Is this um, the right show? I meditate in the way that I can. I think that's a, the really important part of this is that not everybody is a yogi, right? Not everybody is like a master Zen meditator. Um, and that's okay. So the, the point of meditation is really getting present, getting very present. Again, when you're getting stressed, what's happening is your brain is just all over the place and it's letting your body go all over the place. So when you get very present in your meditation, be it, it doesn't have to be an hour in the corner breathing because, you know, by then I've got so much anxiety because I can't stand sitting still that long. So there are things that you can do. You can meditate just by take one very deep breath. Be very in. It's called deep belly breathing. You breathe in and you let your stomach, you breathe all the way down into the depths of your lungs and let your stomach distend, right? Let it just stick out like crazy. That's the way babies breathe. They breathe very naturally. As we've gotten older and as we get all stressed and we suck our guts in and stuff, we breathe in our chest instead of down into our stomach. But if you breathe very, very deeply, it's it, that too, very relaxing. But you don't have to do it for 30 minutes. Just, again, get very present. Take a deep, very slow breath in and hold it and then let it out. Just kind of a, you know, take your break. Do it a couple times, whatever. I will kind of get present while I'm driving. I don't stop paying attention, but you know, to slow myself down. You just, it's about awareness and it's about, um, you know, just, again, letting your brain stop its crazy, insane cycling of the to-do list, right? The honey-do list and all that sort of stuff. 
Right. Mindfulness. Uh, That's very yeah. important now. That's what yeah. everyone is talking about, mindfulness, which is um, important. And, and, you know, I think to your point that people think, oh, gosh, I have to meditate. And of course, as soon as I start to meditate, I think, oh, did I leave a boiling pot on the water? Maybe I forgot to pick a child up from after school. You know, you always think of these horrible thoughts that come into your mind. But you don't have to. As you said, you can just breathe. And that just relaxes everything because we tend to shallow breathe when we're stressed right. out. And, and that's that's not good. That just adds to the stress. So Right. And if those those thoughts come through your head, and this is hard for me because the thoughts are always flying through my head, don't get mad at yourself. Just let them pass and go back to whatever it is you're centering on. Just breathe. I, I find it easiest, frankly, if I'm just counting my breaths in and counting my breaths out. And just just simple like that. I mean, you can get to like relax your toes, relax your nose, like, you know, you relax your knees. Like You can do those exercises of mindfulness and relaxing your whole body and Present, whatever you want to get present to is fine. It doesn't matter if you want to stare at, you know, there's a pink post-it on my computer. If I want to just stare at that for a minute and get present to that, whatever it is that will help you dislodge from your worry about all the list of stuff that you have to do. Which, oh, by the way, again, this isn't rocket science. If you got stuff spinning through your head about your master list, write it down. Just write it someplace and then you don't have to have it in your head worrying about what you do and don't remember to do. Yeah, no, that's a very, very good point. Now, tell us, Sarah, how you deal with the people and the relatives you really can't stand and they're appearing in your life, <laughs> basically well, maybe having Christmas dinner with you. Um so what, how do you deal with that? I'm sure I don't know. You might not have any. Of course, there's me. But other than that. Say, um, right. Let's make sure that my family knows. No, I love you all. No, no, no. It's not your family. I'm not no, family we're not talking about that. They're others, you know. So it doesn't have to be um, relatives, friends, you know, or sort of friends. Well, you know, it's so funny. So, yes, you're all – somehow at the holidays, we always end up with people in our lives. And I think, I think the overall statement on it is don't get hooked, okay? So this is a very brief period when you have to see them. 364 other days of the year. You don't have to see that annoying cousin, aunt, uncle, brother, sister, whatever it is. So can you survive? Like just whatever happens, to stay, like don't get hooked. Don't play their game. Whatever they're going to annoy you, literally go la, 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 la. It doesn't matter because they're not in your life every other day. So if they're a control freak, if they're a guilt tripper, if they look at you and say, why did you wear that? right? If they're forever judging you, you don't have to take it in. Like literally it's, I, I had a friend of mine whose mother-in-law is a very kind of opinionated in your face thing. She was coming out. She was going to be with my, my friend for a week. Her husband wasn't even going to be there. How was she going to handle this? And it's just la la la. Thanks for your advice. We're cooking this now. Thanks for your talk. <laughs> like you acknowledge it and you move along. Like you just don't get hooked by any of it. You don't have to play their game. You don't have to fall to their level. And if worse so, comes to worse, there's that spot on your hand that you can just sit there and press. The exactly. And then, you, and then you draw blood and you have to leave the table. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anything to leave the table. Right. Right. Uh. So, but, you know, like, I mean, there are things like we did an article and we talked about like there are control freaks that like to micromanage everything. Right. So they want to tell you how to do your beans and how to do whatever. And, you know, just don't let them them control you. You just go, well, thanks. I'll take it into consideration. Moving along. Like you just acknowledge and don't let them in. Right. Um, 
you know, people that want to give you guilt trips, that's about them. That's not about you. You're fine with how you look. You're fine with the outfit that you chose. You're fine with it. You decided that you didn't want to join them at the family vacation in, you know, in two, whatever it is. Okay. Thanks. La la. <laughs> rub your, oh, rub your great. forearm. No, that's great. Advice. That's why you look so well. I'm not just saying that because I screwed up the entire interview when you took over and thank you. I just, I, because you, you do. So you obviously have found ways to deal with stress and you have a lot of stress. I mean, you have a very, very busy job, a very complex career. You're always going, you have, you know, two daughters, you have a husband. I mean, you're never, you never stop and you run a company. So for you to be, so to A, look so well, and B, you know, to be organized with your thoughts, you must be doing something right. So everyone listen to what Sarah is saying. It's there. about me and my experts and our editors and everybody else. But yes, thank you. It's, you know, it's hard. You have to, and it's taken me many years, right? So I wasn't, I wasn't this savvy when I was 30. I don't know about you. Like, how are you with your, you, know, you and well, I, I haven't gotten age. to 30 yet. Okay. So I don't so, know. All right. So that, you're right. You're 30. <laughs> I'm 55. I, hello, world. I'm Sarah Heiner, and I'm 55 years old. Um, when I was 30, I did get hooked, right? When I was 30, I did really worry about all these things. Now that I'm 55, I don't get hooked so much. Do I get a twinge with my body? You know, am I who I am? So do I still worry because I like to please everybody? Sure. But then I let go of that. I acknowledge. I see it. I go, oh, guess what I'm doing again? Ha ha. Aren't I funny? Let go, you idiot. <laughs> let go, yes, Sarah. Very good. Very and healthy. then I go and exercise or then I go and breathe um, because you have to learn that. You have to learn those skills for, yes, frankly, great. for not only your mental health, but your physical health. Because every time, you know, when you, when we live our lives on this ride of stress hormones, it's it's eating at our organs and our body, and you don't want that to happen. No, you don't want I, it to deteriorate. I completely, completely agree. Now, in our final uh, few minutes, let's talk about um, beauty and fitness or for the new year, basically New Year's resolutions. You know, a while back I interviewed Philip Galanis, who writes the social cues advice column for the New York Times style section. He's absolutely hilarious. And I quoted him in a column, and he said, I've been giving up bread for approximately 15 years now, along with processed white sugar, dairy, and red meat. And those are just the dietary components of my annual New Year's resolutions. There are also work resolutions, relationship, et cetera, et cetera. He goes on and on. And he added that it goes without saying that I haven't kept any of these resolutions for longer than three days. So it's too much. It's too much. Right. So how do you, I mean, what should we think about this new year? to, um, you know, to sort of make ourselves feel better than before. If you feel better, you look better. That goes without saying. Well, I think, you know, at the core, what I just said, it's too much, right? Yeah. That small, start start small, right? So don't sit there and go, I promise that I'm going to stay in touch with every relative this year and I'm going to go to the gym an hour a day and I'm going to stop eating every food that I like and, and, and. You just killed yourself and you're done with your resolutions by mm, pretty much lunchtime on New Year's Day. So number one, start small, right? It's about small changes, not enormous because you just can't do it. Number two, the biggest thing, I have never been on a diet that I can successfully stay on. The minute I say to myself diet, I'm now obsessing over what it is I'm not allowed to eat and because I'm a control freak, 
I don't want you telling me what to do. You know, who says I can't eat cookies? Now I'm going to eat 12 of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> that said, um, you know me. My diet is actually very clean. Right. And there's, you know, Philip Gillard makes me, you know, it's like nothing compared to the amount of foods, categories of food that I don't eat. Um, but the reason that I'm able to make changes is because it's a lifestyle change. It's a choice of how I want to live. It's not a deprivation. So I'll give you an example. You know, so it's, it's and, I, and cutting out, I thought when I cut sugar out of my life, I was a sugarholic. I can't even tell you the amount of junk that I ate growing up. Um, and then... I had a health, I had hives, like I had a health scare. Yeah, I know. We talked about that. I did too. Yes. And what happened was I thought I'll never be able to give up sugar because I live on it. And I realized when I cut that out, how bad I felt on it. So when I, even now, I have just a bite of ice cream and I love ice cream. To this day, I love ice cream. I can feel the rush and the jitters that my body gets. Yeah, because you're pure, you're clean. Right. I am now a Ferrari. You my body are. You a, are. My body is a sports car. But instead of thinking about the deprivation, and it's not like I think every day either. Like I'm not some tree-hugging wacko that, you know, insists that everything has to be organic that goes in my body and my body will never be tainted by anything just, you know, toxic or sugary or anything. It's not that. It's that in general, how do I feel, right? I feel better when I exercise. No matter what, I feel better when I walk or when I move or when I, you know, that each day that I'm doing some level of keeping my body moving. And I feel better when I eat good food. And I got really aware of, I felt bad when I ate a piece of chocolate cake. I really feel bad. So I think it's it's shifting, you know, to succeed in making changes. It has to be about wanting to shift your lifestyle and not... And that's giving Setting us funny rules. Right. And and we're going to leave on that note. I'm sure you're very glad that the <laughs> show is finished. <laughs> you're probably going, oh, but thank you for making us feel much better than before. Just tell us quickly where we can find you or find you. You are very website. welcome. Okay. So I'm going to do a quick little commercial. So bottomlinehealth.com is our information. Bottomlinestore.com is all sorts of healthy things that our experts recommend. And if they go to bottomlinestore.com and put in the promo code Jane, because you're awesome, they can get 10% off when they go to bottomlinestore.com. And we've got healthy foods and we've got healthy um, lotions and potions and coloring books for adults so that they can lower their stress and all sorts of stuff. Oh, I'm there. Now I'm going to put in my name. (laughs) I'm going to do it right now as we hang out. Jane, Jane, Jane. So thank you. Thank you, Sarah Heiner. Again, my apologies for being a little disorganized after all these many hours of being on the air. But you understood. And that's why you're a perfect sister. And I love you dearly. So thank you so much for being with us. I just want to leave everyone with this note, this thought for the holidays. Um, I suggest, and I'm sure Sarah will agree, starting a gratitude journal and spending some time at the end of each day reflecting on all the positive parts of your day. Think about your contributions to your family, to your work, to the world. Reflect on things that make you unique, any compliments you received, the ways you helped others, and whatever made you happy and proud that day. And jot them down and take some time to reflect. And I promise it will make that day and every day just a little better than before. This is Jane Wilkins-Michael. I will see you next week. Until then, be wise, be well, be better than before. Have a question for Jane and want to be on the next Better Than Before show? 
Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. The Jane Wilkins Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org.